This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 98 of the Dressage Radio Show, brought to you with the generous support of Equisketch, Equestrian Collections, and Kentucky Performance Products. I'm Chris Stafford, and my guests this week are Debbie McDonald and Lyndon Gray, continuing our series of conversations on topical issues. Welcome back to the show, Debbie. Well, thank you. It's always a pleasure. And Lyndon, you're back home now. You do a lot of traveling up and down the coast at this time of year, don't you? Well, as it happens, I I came back from Oregon on the red eye last night, so... I think I've lost a little bit of my voice from the weekend of teaching. (laughs) Well, you sound fine. And I think we've got an interesting topic for our listeners this week called, Are You Ready to Show? Uh, Lyndon, do you want to start this one? Well, I think my my first thought is, just listen to the word show. Um, What are you, what do you want to show to those who are watching? And... um, my feeling in, in competition is I want to take out a horse, send out a horse and rider who are ready to show off their good work and not be struggling to uh, perform things that they're st- still learning to do. Um, one wants to go in the ring feeling very, very comfortable um, with the work that they're showing. Debbie, comfortable and confident. Well, I I agree 100% with Lyndon. And, um, you know, that's always been one of my philosophies with the ones and the students that I have is, um, you know, let's let's make sure we can do this at home. It it doesn't get easier when you move away from from your little, you know, home atmosphere. It gets more difficult. So... A lot more distractions and everything else come into play. And um, it doesn't matter if you're doing the training level or up to the Grand Prix. I mean, if you can't successfully do the and execute the movements well at home, then there is, in my opinion, no reason to go into the show. Um, Lyndon's right. You're trying to show off your best work. So I... I agree with all of it completely. Lyndon, do you want to expand on this, you know, for riders at different levels and their preparation for the show ring? You know, maybe they've got a new horse or maybe they're just thinking of starting going into dressage. Um, you, want to, you want to be schooling generally at a higher level than the level at which you're showing. schooling is what you're learning to do, what you're perfecting, what you're getting comfortable with. But whatever that level is that you're working on and perhaps you're having your lessons on, you're you're focusing, let's say you're focusing on on first level and learning leg heels and getting a lengthening and perhaps sitting the trot a little more, you shouldn't be showing at that level. You should be showing at training level and... um, demonstrating the very best training level that you and your horse have to do. Um, And then once you're confident in the ring at training level, and we all know that um, 
uh, how many times we've said, oh, geez, if he could just, if I could just bring the judge to the stable and let the judge see what I'm doing at home, I could do so well. But you, you add, yes, you're being a, doing really good training level work. Your horse is consistent and rhythmic and staying nicely, accepting the bid and on the bid, and you can ride good circles and nice corners. But you get to the show, and you've got a judge's box that your horse is looking at. You've you've got the horse who didn't sleep well that night in the new stable, or you're having to trailer right over to the show, and he comes out of the trailer tight and nervous. Um, you've realized when you get to the show that you've lost the buttons off of your coat, and so what are you going to do? And And all of these variables, some of which you can control and some of which you have over which you have no control, you want to be there, a- able to deal with the distractions at the show and not be worrying about how do I ride a correct 20-meter circle, what is my correct tempo for my ride. That has to be, by the time you get to the show, the work of the test has to be almost instinctive for you and the, what the horse, what it's sort of the baseline of the horse's work. You can always rely on that level of work. So you may very well be doing shoulder in and lengthenings and canter walk at home, but you're still really only love, ready to be showing at training level, and that's fine. Do a fabulous training level test. Don't. Uh, I'm I'm always a little sad when people say to me, "Well, I'm only doing training level." Hey, do the best damn pardon me training level there is to do, and be proud of it. Do I get deleted for that? (laughs) (laughs) Debbie, when you look at the look at young riders who or or riders that have a little bit of experience, let's uh, address this. They are riding maybe another horse at a higher level, and then they go back to their younger horse that's at a lower level, and have to accept what Lyndon is saying. Well, I think it's all about, you know, at that point, if you have a, a rider, let's say a young rider that has had experience riding the, you know, the movements in the young riders, and then you're back on a young horse, I mean, you still have to, you still have to rely and know that the basics are all really solid and, and, and there. And, you know, another thing that, that, you know, a lot I do recommend a lot is, like Lyndon said, there's always these distractions you can't that are out of your control. And if you've had a young horse or even a horse that you just purchased and you don't know that well, and you really don't know how that horse is going to act in a new environment, then sometimes you just take it to the show and you school it. And you go in the ring and you pick the times that they're allowing you to ride in the ring. And sometimes they are later times or very early times. But those, again, those are all experiences that the horses have to learn. Their, their ride time is not always the same every day. Some during a, a feed, you know, during a, a time they be fed grain or whatever. And these are also things you find out about your horse as you go along through um, all these, these experiences of taking them on the road and showing them. Another good point that Lyndon had is the, you know, trailering alone I know that when we trailer long distances, we have some horses that get there very sore in their backs because they've traveled and been tense on these terrible roads we have in California. <laughs> and, uh, 
and get to the shows and are really sore in their backs. So they have to, you know, we have to do some extra work, laser, magnetic blankets, whatever, and spend a lot more time on them. So we have them the most comfortable before they're ready to do their best as well. So it's all a learning experience. And it is knowing and being very comfortable from where, for where you're at. Um, I have some people that have bought a horse. They themselves have never ridden past first level, but they buy a horse that's maybe trained to third or fourth, and suddenly they think that that's where they're going to start. And I, I tell them, no, I mean, you have to be able to go in first level and show that you can get, you know, like a, a mid-60% and prove that you can do it on a horse that has even been trained higher because you still have to know how to ride that horse in the arena and feel very confident with yourself and your your basics. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, not punching above your weight um, after I remind you about one of our sponsors. Equisketch is a great new company dedicated to providing the best mobile apps for every rider, each app has been designed to be used by riders of all ages and all levels of experience. With Equisketch Dressage, you can replace your dressage paper or dry erase boards and begin learning all your dressage tests on your iPhone or iPad. The Equisketch board allows you to study in a flashcard style by hiding the step instructions while visualizing your location in the arena. Every test can also be viewed in a written format and later shared with your dressage students or fellow riders. Equisketch Records allows you to manage all your horses and shows on the go. Track every medication, vet visit, dental exam, farrier work and more, complete with built-in reminders. Equisketch has some of the best-selling equestrian apps on the iTunes App Store, which have already been purchased in over 35 countries. They're available for the iPhone, iPad and iPod Touch. Visit equisketch.com hrn for more information or search Equisketch in iTunes. Equisketch is dedicated to making your equestrian life mobile one app at a time. Well, Lyndon, let's address this about pun not punching above your weight, because you're not in a boxing ring here. You can take your time and get the horse out for just out, out there in public, just to get him out to a, a competition without going in the show ring, show ring, just to get that exposure, get him used to being out and about and everything that goes on with the show. Before you go in the ring with the sense that, you know, I'm going to go in and be a superstar, which hopefully is always your your goal, you need to get the horse away from home and know if he's a little bit of a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. You know, there, there are some horses that get to the show and they kind of pump up and they get even better than they are at home. But for many horses, it's a bit of a traumatic experience at first. And, and um, you know, schooling shows are a wonderful place to, to start out, to get the horse away from home or even just to take him to another stable down the road and see how he is away from home so you don't have that surprise too much and discover that that um, you're in way over your head when you first first get to a show. So that you want, my, my goal always, and especially with every horse, but especially with a young horse, is that he comes away from the show sort of, I'm anthrop anthropomorphizing, whatever the word is here, but that the horse comes home saying, you know, I'm kind of hot. I was really good. That was kind of fun. I wonder when we're going again. 
so not that so that he comes away from home with a with a good sense of himself and confidence in what he does. So you may go to that show planning on even a horse that you've shown some, you go to the show planning on doing one thing and he gets there and for whatever reason he's become a bit of a raving maniac, you may decide not to show. You may decide to scratch and go on a lower level uh change your test if possible and go on a lower level test. Or just braid him up and put on your clothes and go out and warm up and say, I don't want to take this in the ring yet. So that both of you and your horse always, and especially for for riders that have less experience, younger riders, uh, amateur riders that are fairly new to it, you must come out with a positive experience. And you have to do everything you can to make that experience positive, showing at a level where you're very comfortable, putting a horse in a situation where he's going to finish in a very with a very calm soul. Debbie, can you expand on that at all? Yes, definitely. Um, I mean, uh, again, agreeing 100% with everything that Lyndon's saying. And um, just another thing that I would like to say, I mean, coming home with a horse that feels and uh, good about himself, but also when you get them home, they actually feel better, like they've been educated a little bit themselves from the horse show, which happens if it's done in the right way. There's definitely a positive experience when taking a horse. But I often see uh, either some young children that are are not guided um, or don't have a trainer or anything, and I've seen horses put in three classes a day or whatever. And for me, that is not the most positive experience for a horse because, I mean, I'm hoping that these people don't ride their horses to this extent with all the warm-up involved before they go in the ring three times a day. So now you take a horse away from home that doesn't sleep well. And if you have the night checks, you'll notice that I would say 80% of the horses don't lay down during the night. Uh, sometimes the lights are left on at the barn. Um, so you have a horse now that's being ridden three times a day versus the one time a day. They're not sleeping well. And then they start a little bit misbehaving. And instead of kind of rethinking the situation and thinking, why is this happening?, you see the rider get a little irritated with the horse and make it work a little harder and even become a little tougher on it. And those are the places that, you know, you, uh, in a very polite way, if you see it, it happening and maybe can or feel that there's a chance to step in and try to, to educate somebody, you know, I try to do that in a, in a way that I feel I can do that without offending somebody. But I do see that happen a lot, and it's just, in my opinion, it's just not really thinking about the whole picture of what's going on at a show. It's not just what happens in the arena, but it's what's happening all during the night and all during the day, and some horses just don't travel well and uh, and sleep well, and that's something they learn through experience and time on the road. But you certainly don't want to overtax it and then make it become such a negative that they really hate going 
going in, in the rain. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I, I want to talk a little bit then about the warm-up and when is you know when it's good to stop in the warm-up when the horse, when you're not used to preparing a horse in competition. So those early days of of that preparation. But uh, we're going to hear from one of our sponsors again before we get into that with Lendon. If you've been digging out your show clothes in readiness for the season and found some of them need replacing, there's an easy solution to that problem with a visit to equestriancollections.com. They have the latest in spring and show clothes for you, your spouse and your kids at prices you can afford. Not only do they have a great selection, great prices and a state-of-the-art website, that's what you get for looking to Equestrian Collections first for all your spring and showing needs at equestriancollections.com. Well, Lyndon, when when we start to compete with the horse, we get out there and get get them used to that environment. It's knowing when you've done enough before you go in the ring. That's that's key, isn't it? Absolutely. But I want to say one other thing about warm-up before we get into that, and that is you have to practice at home the warm-up situation. We dressage prima donnas want to have our lessons, private lessons. We ride by ourselves so often or one other person in the ring. And I find many people are, you know, they sort of destroy themselves right from the beginning because they get in that warm-up ring with all these people. Um, they're, they're not used to looking ahead. They're not used to planning where they're going. They're not used to having other people that are, do it, that are the same way, not looking ahead and planning where they're going. And they sort of melt down before they even start because they can't deal with the warm-up situation. And I know with my own students, I will make an artificial situation at home with a lot of horses, have everybody come at the same time, and practice warming up. And along the same lines, not just the riding in the group and being able to deal with other people, some of whom are probably out of control and so forth, but practicing at home, at what point in my schooling is my horse ready to show himself at the best? We have a tendency, let's say you normally school your horse for an hour, 45 minutes, whatever it is. That means you have your warm-up, you have your tune-up, you have your uh, time when you're working the horse and working on something, and you have your cool-down. So if you normally work your horse for an hour, that's at the end of the hour, that's not when he's ready to show at his best. That's when he's a little tired and, you know, ready to go back to a stall and have a snooze. So at the show, you know, if the horse is somewhat as he is at home, you don't want to plan on that hour. You want to know, at, you know, it takes me 15 minutes, it takes me 35 minutes to have the horse where I can show him off. It's not normally the same amount of time that you school your horse at home. And you need to practice at home, what do I need to do to make my horse most ready to go in the ring? And how often, we've I said myself, we've all done it. You, you say, well, I left my best work in the warm-up ring. If only he'd gone in the show ring the way he did in the warm-up ring. That part of it has to be something you practice at home, getting your horse to the point where you can show him his best. Not what do you need to school. If you can count on doing 
really good canter departs. You don't need to ride 16 canter departs when you warm up. And in the same boat, if you've never had a really good left lead canter depart, don't go to the show and start drilling it. It's not going to get better at the show, probably. You just say, well, you know, my left lead canter depart is never very good, and it's probably not going to be very good in the ring, but what can I do to make the rest of my work even better? You have to be analytical about how you warm up so that you have a good plan when you get to the show. Then you'll probably have to change the plan, but at least have a good plan. That's my thought. <laughs> you know, it reminds me of Karen O'Connor's quote. She always says, yeah, if you haven't got it with you before you take go to the show, you're not going to find it there. Exactly. So in, in other words, be, be prepared and do the training at home. Debbie, let's talk about that. You know, with your students and the, your, the, the people that attend your clinics, is this something that you go through as part with each individual rider in helping them prepare for their first competition? Well, definitely. I mean, I wouldn't say that um, during a clinic I get that opportunity to to discuss that with every individual, but definitely the students that I work with on a day you know everyday basis. Um, you know, this is something as we lead up to the show that we, we talk a lot about. And we, we say, okay, this takes us about so many minutes to, to make him feel a little bit, you know, comfortable. You know, uh, I think knowing, like Lyndon said, knowing that you feel very secure in your movements at the level you're showing is, is the biggest key because you're right. You're not going to go in there and you are not going to go to the show and train. That is not the time you're training. That's what you should be doing is showing your horse off. So, for instance, if I have a horse that is is a tense and hot horse, I'll sometimes have the student take the horse out, basically ride it long and low, get the horse really relaxed, maybe for 20 minutes. And then the horse goes back in its stall for like an, for a couple of hours. And then we bring the horse back out and we plan. Uh, we plan them to be on the horse for 30 minutes with a good 10 minutes of walk. And then we pick up the reins. We do a little bit again, a little bit of relaxation. We go through a few of the movements that, that the, makes the rider basically feel better because the horse should, like we said, should feel or should know exactly what it's doing and feel very comfortable at that level and then you go on, and so basically before the ring, we're maybe on the horse 30 minutes, but I'm going to say 20 minutes of warm-up. That way, your horse has had a little bit of loosening in the morning, has had a couple hours to kind of revive itself and, uh, you know, chill out, whatever, and then you bring it back out. And that has made a huge difference for several of the horses that I work with, because Again, if you have a hot horse, you can't ride it for an hour and then expect to have much left to go in the ring with because you will leave it in the warm-up ring, your performance, instead of being able to show it off. So it, every horse needs a plan. And just like with people, the, every plan will be different. But it's knowing your horse well enough to know what is going to be in the horse's best interest to get the best performance out of it. Well, one of the things, of course, that these riders can do when they go to their first schooling show, when they're not competing, but they're taking the horse out 
for the experience, to get them on the trailer, get them used to traveling, being in a strange environment, is not actually pick up the reins and school them when they get there, but actually go for a hack around the park, so to speak, you know, preferably with another horse for company. And I'm thinking about the young horse now, and I'm thinking of encouraging riders to think outside of the box a little bit. Lyndon, is this something that you would advocate that that they see this as an essential part of their education to get the horses comfortable in a different environment and just think outside of the box a little bit and do what is best for that individual horse? I think that's really important, especially, you know, more and more as we have less land and, you know, more and more people are just riding in the ring. And and so that that's such a small little sandbox that your horse may be used to. And and, you know, we don't even, many times they don't hack them, they don't go through the woods, they don't go to other people's properties, um, you know, something that was so common with many of us a long time ago. So it's it's going to be, it can be quite a, a traumatic experience for that horse. And as I said earlier, you know, you might want to put it in a, put your horse in a trailer and just go to someone else's stable first. Mm-hmm. Uh, schooling shows and then getting going. I mean, very often that's what we first do is just take the horse to the show and hack him around, walk him around. Maybe that's all it does. Maybe you school him. Maybe you you ride him a little bit as if you were going to show him. And a little bit along this, I'm a, I want to throw in one thought, which is so the there is no absolute roadmap for what the horse should be doing when. And very often, you know, some horses you don't don't show at all until they're at a higher level, if, if that's what you want to do. You don't have to go to a show and do training level, and the next year you go to the show and you do first level. Even if you start at, at training in first level, I found very often I had horses that as they hit sort of third level where serious collection is is really coming in we'd miss an entire year of showing while we confirmed that um and so that whatever it is that you do whether it's taking the horse to the show and hacking him around on a loose rein basically not suicide reins as i say but but uh, safe reins and just letting the horse be very comfortable or just keeping him a horse that's been showing, keeping him home for a while. Maybe he's getting to the show and getting more and more nervous when you get to the show. It's not a positive progression of his experiences at the show. Maybe you need to just stay away from showing for a little bit and get him very comfortable at home and, and go back you know, to just the schooling for a little bit and, and bring him out again next year. Um, for so many, again, if you look at the end result, your end goal, and make sure that your little yearly, six-monthly goals aren't um, taking you on a road away from your end goal. You always want to make sure that that uh, you don't, in your showing, undo whatever whatever it is that you're you're trying to accomplish with the horse. I think I wandered around a little bit there. Oh, I think that's great. I mean, we don't want to unwrap anything at any time. It is all about making progress. Well, we're just going to hear from uh, one of our sponsors. And when we come back, I'm going to ask Debbie a little bit about the tests and preparing for those tests, learning the tests, and uh, what is required at each level. When horsemen were asked what they were looking for in a nutritional supplement, the answer was easy. 
one that's affordable, effective and scientifically proven. Kentucky Performance Products took that message to heart and developed supplements that meet those needs. All of their supplements, from Nalox, Equine Antacid to Summer Games Electrolytes and Joydenhammer, are formulated based on sound research. The important thing is that you can count on them to deliver results, and they're affordable. So to choose the right KPP supplement for your horse, visit kppusa.com or call 1-800-772-1988. And to learn more about horse nutrition and interact with the KPP experts, be sure to visit their Facebook fan page. Well, I'm back with my guests this week, Lyndon Gray and Debbie McDonald, discussing whether you are ready to show or not. Well, Debbie, being the professional that you have been for so long, you you have probably have a knack of memorizing tests, but let's uh, get some advice from you about learning those tests and what the requirements are for the U.S. Equestrian Federation's levels, U.S. Dressage Federation's levels, and when one is ready to move up those levels, what to look for. And, uh, and probably if you've got any clues about memorizing tests, I'm sure our listeners would love to know. Well, um First of all, I think, you know, as the more, the more experience anyone gets in the arena, the better and the easier things become. So, I mean, experience, there's nothing better than experience. But in saying that, you know, I mean, if you're a rider that has one horse, you've got to be patient with the amount of experience you're going to get. You're obviously not going to get the experience that somebody that has three or four horses to ride is going to get. Um, memorizing the test, um, you know, that you don't have to memorize the test in the, in the lower levels, which in a lot of ways for the, the younger amateur, the younger riders and the amateurs, that's pretty good in the beginning because like Lennon said, it can be pretty overwhelming, just the whole situation. Then trying to memorize a test on top of it is um, is a little difficult, but in saying that, you really should know the test so that just the voice in the background is just, you know, a little bit of a reminder, not that totally takes you off surprise that you have no idea really where you're going. You're waiting and hoping that rider's a step ahead of you, because I've seen that happen, that they kind of have this lost look on their face saying, oh, my gosh, where am I supposed to go now? Let's hope that that, that reader is just a little bit further ahead of me. But, um, you know, I think everybody has to find their own way of learning. There's, I've had a lot of students that are dyslexic, um, and that does, that does challenge them even more. And as a person that has dyslexia has, has explained to me, um, they, for instance, they almost have to think about what hand they write with to be able to think about which way they'll turn. So it is a bigger challenge for somebody that does have dyslexia, but I do know of a couple of the top writers that have it. So it's just like with anything in life, we all have challenges in some way. And it's learning to overcome those and not not think you have to do it today. Give yourself time to get comfortable in the ring and comfortable with your horse and knowing that you can ride that test from heart a little bit at home. You know, that's the key because 
like we said, things happen at shows. Your distraction level, the horse's distraction level, learning to ride in that warm-up ring um, is all a part of it. Learning to ride into your corners as you get a little more further up the levels to prepare yourself for the next movement. Um, you know, there's a lot of ways that you can help yourself in the arena and not try to just get through the test as fast as you can, but really prepare way ahead of the movement. Think, think, learn and teach yourself that you have to prepare further ahead than you even think you do. Like as you're executing a movement, you're already thinking almost two steps ahead of that. So those are the things. It's not the moment that you have to think about, but preparing for the movements, two, two movements ahead, how that horse will react to that flower box coming up. And, and I better keep that inside leg a little bit on or he's going to jump off the rail and then I really won't have a shoulder in or for whatever. Those are just little you know, if, but the whole point is, um, you know, again, feeling very comfortable that you can ride through these tests at home, learning to ride into your corners and use your corners and, and always staying ahead of, ahead of yourself as far as knowing what's coming up as you're in a movement already thinking about the next one that's coming up. Lyndon, do you want to add anything to that? Well, um, I'm I'm a bit of a tyrant about memorizing tests. Um, I I require all of my students to memorize their tests. If they start to you know get a little bit of a meltdown at the show, I'll absolutely let someone call it for them. But I think memorizing the thing that concerns me with uh, having riders know they don't have to memorize the test is they come to rely on the caller, even if it's just emotionally. You know, they just emotionally, they just feel that person has to be there. And then when they get to where they have to have the test memorized, for example, at the regional championships, that adds another level of nervousness because that caller isn't there. Um, I would rather... You know, my eight, nine-year-old students are memorizing their tests. Actually, they often have an easier time than adults <laughs> get, getting all of that together. But I make them start right from the very beginning. And I would rather in the beginning that they go off course a few times but learn to be confident about going in the ring with the test memorized. And I'm always shocked when I have a student, you know, or someone may come to me for a lesson you know, two weeks before they're going to be showing or three weeks or a month before they're going to be showing. And I'll say, well, what, what are you going, what test are you doing? Well, I'm doing third level three or training level one. Um, and I'll say, could you ride that test for me now? And they say, no, and that's not a bad thing. And I say, okay, what, what are the movements in the test that you have difficulty with? Well, I'm not sure what's in the test. That's shocking to me that <laughs> oh. you... And, and it's, this is not uncommon that you don't know exactly what you have to do a month out. You should know a month out or more what your, what your, what the requirements are. And if you come to me a week before the show to have a little tune up, you better know that test so that we can run through it. Um, it's part of your preparation. It's part of, of knowing what you need to work on. You need to be schooling movements in 
succession. You know, it's one thing to go down the center line, halt at X. It's another thing to go down the center line after you've done all of your canter work and your horse has gotten a little strong or he's a little tired or whatever it is and halt at X. I'm not saying you ride the test over and over again, but you need to be schooling movements in succession. You need to know the test. Do not tell me you don't have time. Put the test booklet in your bathroom. Put the test booklet, you know, have a tape of the test and have it in your car so that you can, you know, I've had some people that will uh, record, you know, A, enter, X, halt, salute. Then there's a little pause. Proceed trot, C track right, da-da-da-da. There's a little pause. So it gives you, you in your mind, say, the movement, and then the tape double-checks you. I mean, this is a way you can do it by yourself. Put letters on a rug and do it by foot. That's the way a lot of people do it, you know, do it. Uh, have a little chart on your desk that you, you run through it. And a test is four or five minutes. You can take that time every day to run through that test. So I'm a, I'm a bit of a tyrant about the test memorizing. Well, that, of course, is a critical part to your first outing to a show, any outing to a show, you have to be ready. I want to just uh, finish up this week, Debbie. We're just talking about the other preparations for your first show, the things that you have to get in order and to be thoroughly prepared before you leave home. There should be lists. I I don't know about you guys, but I was a big one for lists, 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 to make sure you check those lists before you drive out of the driveway. Oh, absolutely. I think um, I think everybody should have a little checklist off in their um, pack box or whatever they pack in, you know, their stuff in. I mean, you need a schooling pad and you need show pads and you need, um, you know, I mean, the feed, you know, check off whether you're going to do, if you're going to be at a long show, you pack the bags, otherwise you can do little Ziplocs with AM, PM. Um, there's, you know, your... Make sure you check off your boots and your hat. I've had, I can't tell you how many times I've had a kid come and go, oh, my gosh. I go, what? I left my coat. <laughs> and, I mean, it, it happens yeah. because you're thinking of the horse, and you think, okay, got all the horse's stuff off, you know, and then they forget their own equipment. So, um, you know, everybody should have a checklist, you know, and um, and you kind of, you know, you go through that with somebody that's that's been to a show and had some experience, or or even run it through with your your trainer or your or the person you work with, and just say, okay, have I forgotten anything? And and you know, can you help me? And maybe what else I should be bringing? Um, if it's a first time thing, you, you know, who better than somebody that you you know has been on the road a lot and has been through forgetting things and. Um, and then as you go through the shows, you'll realize little things like the fly spray or, you know, other things that you could have taken that would have been great that you didn't have to then buy when you got to the show because you realized you forgot it. So um, absolutely the checklist is essential. In my book, I think um, especially for the younger ones, it's a great way to start getting yourself organized and knowing exactly what it is you're going to need and predicting things. What if you had rain, you know, oh, well, I need my rain gear. I need my raincoat. Do I need a rain 
uh, half sheet or whatever for my horse. Um, just things that even might not, you, you know, you might not think about because it's a hot, sunny day, but look ahead at the forecast and say, oh, my gosh, there's rain on the forecast for the weekend. Things like that. So, yes, I love the checklist. And really, there's no excuses these days where there is an app for it. Our sponsors, EquiSketch, of course, have apps for this, and you can make reminders on your iPhone, your BlackBerry, any of your smartphones. You can write reminders. You can also, and one thing I've found is useful, if I'm driving along and I can't write anything down or think of something, you can use your voice memo on your phone as well. A lot of uh, smartphones have a voice memo. Do you, do you do that, Debbie? Oh, yeah, I use my voice memo all the time. (laughs) (laughs) So there's lots of ways to remember all these things, and it's important to use the tools that are available to you so that you soon become professional and and things. uh, you don't arrive at a a show and forget that valuable jacket. And, Debbie, before we go, I have to ask you, is there anything that you've ever forgotten when you've got to a show that you want to uh, share with us now? Actually, I'm going to say no. I I really have always been one that's been kind of anal about my my checklist. <laughs> <laughs> well, a good thing so, it is. It uh, I've been very fortunate, but I've been around enough that have and, you know, make sure that they they get their like you said, their little apps nowadays that would they didn't have apps when I was showing, so it was just a good old piece <laughs> of paper and and pencil and and making sure that that was all in order. So um, today, in today's world, I don't think really anybody has an excuse. <laughs> That's true. Well, Lyndon, any final thoughts from you? And if you want to disclose anything like this, any any moments that you forgot something back at home? Well, I certainly need De- needed Debbie to organize my life because I have, <laughs> I've forgotten just about everything at one point or another. <laughs> but what I learned to do <clears throat> was to keep, I had a big sort of clothes bag that had all kind of pockets in it that had stuff that only went to shows. So you, I learned, I taught myself to come back from the show, make sure everything was clean and put back in its little pockets so that it was ready to go to the show and and whatever whatever you have that you can have a duplicate of meaning you have your show stuff and your home stuff your show stuff is kept in some sort of a trunk or a case or a something so that that's one less thing you have to think about and i always had my extra things you know the extra girth the, you know this and that so that you get to the show and, you know, then something breaks, for heaven's sakes, or, you know, you haven't paid attention. Um, the more I could organize at the after, right after the show, so I didn't have to think about it right before the next show. That helped me out. Well, some great advice there. And, Lyndon, I, I know that you want to remind everybody about when they get to their show and they start to compete that the important thing is that not only are they ready to show, but they are ready to show off themselves, the horse and run. Exactly, yes. All right, well, I think that about wraps it up this week. I want to thank you both for sharing your words of wisdom with our audience. These are much appreciated and and much loved, these episodes. We will be bringing you another one in a few weeks' time. I'm sure, Lendon, you always have some great ideas, don't you? 
My, my mind works in strange ways sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to thank you both. Thank you, Debbie. Uh, anything uh, exciting happening in your life anytime soon? Are you traveling to any glamorous page places? Oh, I'm doing my, you know, on my normal clinics uh, about every other week. And then uh, I'm still down in California for another month and a half. And then probably be heading back up to Idaho as soon as the snow is gone. <laughs> but not until then. <laughs> That's it. Sounds like a plan. How about you, Lyndon? A busy schedule as ever? Yes, a very busy schedule of clinics and teaching. And now, you know, we're getting ready to start show season pretty soon up here up in the deep dark north terrific well thank you both for joining us this week and come back again soon with another one of your topics to share with our listeners around the world and i want to remind you all that in just a couple of weeks time we will be joined by courtney king die she's coming on the show for a whole episode we're delighted to announce that i know if you've been following the show you'd have listened to courtney's teasers that we've been playing over the last few weeks so we're looking forward to that and i want to remind you if you have any questions for courtney please send those to me in the next couple of weeks i need them before april 18th and we will ask courtney your questions on the show well that about wraps it up i want to again thank my guests this week at london and Debbie, and thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out our show notes at dressageradio.com or listen to us via the Hallway Feeds iPhone app. That's another way to listen to any of our shows here. Check out the Facebook fan page or send me your questions and comments to chris at horseradionetwork.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Chris E. Stafford or Horse Radio, and we will keep you up to date with what's happening here on the Horse Radio Network. Well, that's it for this week. I will be back, of course, same time, same place next week. And so until then, thank you all for listening.